0: GP Insights, a HealthCert podcast. Practical advice for busy GPs on how to treat with confidence and grow their practice. Hello, welcome. It's Paul Elmsley, the founder and CEO of HealthCert and also the National Skin Cancer Centres. And I'd like to welcome uh, Matt Willard here today. Matt, welcome. Thanks, Paul. Excellent. Um, Today's topic, we're going to talk about how to build a sustainable practice and just a little bit of background Matt and I have been running uh, and under operated over 40 medical centers, general practices, skin practices over the last 20 years. And it was with great interest that we read the recent Commonwealth Bank Health GP Insights Report, which highlighted three key areas uh, that are challenges for general practice from the surveying of the practices they had done. And today we want to talk about the topic of, once again, how to build a sustainable practice. So this is really looking at the the cost base of the business and also the opportunities to grow revenue. And Matt and I basically just want to experience share. I mean, like all these things, uh, and most things in business, there's no necessarily right or wrong. There's just different ways of approaching it. So firstly, um, I'm going to talk about the cost side of a business. So the cost side of a business, to be honest, for most part, is very difficult to move. I mean, the rent is the rent. very difficult unless you've got your rent negotiation coming up. You might be able to convince the landlord to uh, reduce your rent, but is unlikely, particularly in the current environment. And things like the internet, electricity, et cetera, are uh, typically smaller costs, not completely insignificant, and definitely worthy of reviewing on an annual basis to see whether you can get a better deal with a provider but basically, most of the base costs of a practice realistically are difficult to change. And I think we also find outside of rent, they tend to be relatively small numbers. Yeah, I but agree But we with typically that. find that the two biggest uh, costs uh, of a medical practice that are able to be managed is wages and consumables. So, Matt, I'm just keen for you to just share some of your experiences around managing wages.
1: Well, the, the current climate, as you know, Paul, has has really driven up a lot of costs. You know, as I said, electricity have gone up. Uh, most of our rents are fixed to CPI. And along with our wages are also, you know, there's a minimal wage balance. And in our business, we pay. We have a fixed wage structure. We pay a percentage above the award. And we pass on the, the annual increases to our staff. And we're fairly locked into that. I suppose when it comes to reducing costs, it's about staff efficiency. Can can we run the front desk with two receptionists on these days or do we really need to have three? Um, can our nursing staff be more efficient? What level are they being used to and can we manage them more efficiently? Reducing the actual cost per hour per staff member is very challenging in today's climate, I think.
0: So one of the key things um, that we do as a business, and uh, we've got you know 21 practices at the moment, is that we have wages as a percentage of revenue. So as a business, you know, we get a 100%, which is our income. Um, we then obviously uh, retain a service fee uh, from our doctors, which gives the practice its revenue. And then we have the costs of running the business. And then at the end, there's a percentage, um, you know, net profit is typically the term that's used uh, with relation to that. So typically, as a business, we look at things as a percentage of. So we know that if we have more doctors, we are going to probably need some more staff. I mean, to Matt's point, obviously, we would look and saying, well, as I said, we need two and a half receptionists. Does that mean is it two busy ones or is it three and they're less so busy? And they're sort of judgment calls that need to be made by the practice manager and the owners of the business. But we do look at wages as a percentage of revenue so that as a business owner, we can look month to month. Are we getting more efficiency out of or are we growing our revenue at a higher pace than what we are necessarily growing our wage bill? Because the wage bill definitely is the uh, largest expense for any business um, and, in this situation.
1: And not, um, sorry, Paul, I, I would definitely recommend as business owners starting to pull that data out monthly and looking at what is your wage cost as a percentage of your service fee. Because it tells you whether you're getting those efficiencies. It tells you whether you are making changes that are actually improving your bottom line through managing your staff.
0: And that's, I mean, that's a very, very good point, is that in the current environment where we understand and respect the fact of running an, uh, a sustainable practice and actually making sure that there is a dollar at the end of the day for the the owners that have invested all this time and effort in their business, is that to get the data on a monthly basis and, and please ensure whether it's through your bookkeeper or whichever human resource you've got you're getting monthly numbers and as i said we then convert them into percentages because you know we accept there's public holidays and there's obviously people on leave there's obviously other factors that do impact revenue specifically but also obviously our cost base um, and comparing it month to month i mean we as a business want to see things get better, better, and better. And that's only going to be small increments. But like anything, if you don't track it, it's very difficult then to understand where the number is. And it is important, particularly in this environment, that you are proactive with it. The other um, large cost for a lot of practices, Matt, is uh, medical consumables. And I'm just keen to, just from your experience, how you work to try and minimise the cost of consumables for the business.
1: Uh, one of the things we recently did was we did a complete review of our consumables. We, we found that over our group of 21 clinics, we were buying essentially the same products from 20, no, from seven different suppliers. Um, And we also found that we were from one supplier essentially buying the same product, but in three different brands and three different price points. So we went back through each product we looked at what we were using what was the doctor's preference what was available and we tightened that list down to a much smaller list of products we then took that list of products back to our seven different suppliers and we had them all independently all all independently pitched for that business to to basically be our primary supplier and we we were able to reduce our consumable cost at purchase by about 17% by, by doing that process. It also gave us an environment that took stock taking, went from taking us a couple of days. We can now stock take in about two or three hours because we don't have such a large range of the products that do the same thing. It also gave us um, the ability to, you know, bulk buy and obtain bulk buying discounts and it also gave us a lot more confidence around our supply if we have a shortage of a product we know that our our supplier because we're such a now larger a larger buyer our suppliers will always supply us as a priority so yeah. definitely going back and looking at what you're spending on things and then whether you can buy that at a cheaper price. And you can also do that with things such as electricity, you know, electricity companies are putting up their prices and same with insurance, go back to the competition and see if you can get a better deal.
0: Yeah. I mean, and definitely with the consumables, as I said, there, are, there are, you know, many consumables, which, you know, for, you know, the, between the, the difference between the different brands is, is minimal, but the cost saving could be very significant. So uh, definitely something that you know we involve uh, the practitioners in uh, as well. Um, but for most doctors who own their own practices, they're going to be fairly familiar with those products. So definitely do that, and we you know we look at doing that on an annual basis as well. Because uh, once again, if a practice is growing, how much we're spending is obviously changing. That gives us more buying power in that particular process. Now the the next part sort of moving on from costs is revenue. Now. I'll be honest in saying that, you know, from our perspective, whilst we are able to make changes and efficiencies with relation to costs, the greatest opportunity for any business is to grow its revenue. And now we, we also understand that, you know, this is not always easy and it is probably the hardest thing to do because ultimately, you know, if you change your pricing or you change your billing policies or whatever, it's typically not necessarily going to be appreciated by, the, uh, by your patients and typically your frontline staff are probably the ones that are going to have to have these conversations uh, with uh, the patients as such. Um, the, the key thing is that, you know, running a business, once you've worked out what your cost base is, you need to earn more money than what costs you to run it. And if that means that when you look at the numbers that you have no choice but to change your billing policy or put up your prices... I mean, you just have to do it now. If you're a quality provider, in other words, that you know patients are coming, they have a, a great experience at the practice, you know, meet their expectations, etc. Whilst people are price sensitive, if they are getting a good quality product, they will be prepared to pay for it. I mean, in all of our practices, we have private billing. A lot of them were bulk billing when we first started, and we've had to move to private billing or a mixed billing model purely because. Um, The business was not sustainable, obviously, working on a bolt-billing model. So one of the things to look at is that if you are a bolt-billing clinic and you want to move into mixed billing and then obviously towards private billing, is to do it in small incremental steps. Um, You know, getting a patient to pay $5 out of pocket, then $10, etc. over time, um, whilst that $5 is obviously meaningful to the patient, but it is obviously a relatively, I mean, it's the cost of a a cup of coffee typically, for your business, it's going to make a massive difference. You know, those extra five dollars multiplied by the number of patients you see every day, month, week, and year is going to be very important. And also, it allows your doctors to grow their income without necessarily need to see uh, see more patients. But the key thing is that if you are going to make changes to what you're charging, you do need to work with your staff to prepare them or at least arm them with the ability. To be able to have those conversations with patients who have been coming here for years and used to not paying for services. And that just, you know, as far as practices you've helped move from, you know, bulk billing into a mixed billing or private billing model, uh, what hints or tips with relation to helping the staff manage that process at the front desk?
1: Yeah, well, the number one message I think that needs to be portrayed to both staff and patients is the fact that Medicare is no longer keeping up with the cost of providing these services. And I suppose, you know, in our environment, we we see Medicare. Medicare doesn't pay the doctor. Medicare subsidizes the patient for their medical costs. Now, in a bulk billing clinic, Medicare is subsidizing the patient to 100% of the cost. Today, that's very difficult to, to continue to do, and Medicare... And now probably only subsidising in our business around 30 to 40 percent of the cost. So the first point we need to be clear about is is lay this issue of putting up the fees at the feet of Medicare. You know they they've made the decision not to increase the support or, or the, the the financial rebates that they're paying to patients. So I think that's the most that's the that's that is the first step. I also recommend when it comes to getting into private billing. As Paul said, start off with small incremental changes. One of the challenges we have with how Medicare operates, if we want to add $5 to a cost of a treatment, the patient has to pay upfront the Medicare rebate and the $5 and then receive their their rebate back. So in the patient's mind, they've gone from, say, a free service to a $45 service or something like that, whereas in reality, they've gone from a free service to a $5 out-of-pocket cost. So communicating with the patient that the outer cost or the cost to them is only $5 and not $45 is also very important. Have the ability with, you know, technology today, a patient can come in, swipe their credit card and pay for the service and then swipe their card again and receive the rebate back immediately. So they're not out of pocket for more than a a few seconds as far as they're concerned. So it is important to separate the out-of-pocket cost from what the full price will be. Also in saying that is once we do get our fees up to where we want, we aim to set them high because we do know that some patients can't afford it. So we have the ability that if a patient can't afford it, we can bring the price down. So rather than having a a low structured fee, knowing that some patients would very happily pay the higher fee, set the fee high and then basically have a a, a lower fee for patients who can't afford it, whether they're they're pensioners or or the like.
0: Yeah, I, and I think the other thing to to also be mindful of is that you know we're all aware of this payroll tax issue and the you know doctors being independent subcontractors that work within our businesses. So. The key thing really around this is, you know, the, the practice can help set the prices with the doctors. You know, obviously we don't want to have, you know, different uh, different prices for different doctors everywhere. Otherwise, it's a complete mess for the front desk to obviously book patients in and tell them what's going on. But, you know, allowing the doctors to make the decision that if somebody genuinely can't afford, I mean, look, we want to make sure that we deliver health care to our patients um, and obviously the economic barrier is not so great that people don't come in to be seen or get managed. So, but for us, what we normally would do is, you know, this is the fee. If obviously a doctor has determined that, um, you know, that individual patient, you know, needs to be bulk billed or it could be the consults privately billed, but, you know, some of the follow-on treatments might be bulk billed or whatever, they can do that and obviously notify the front desk. But typically we try and as we move from bulk billing, mixed billing, private billing, as Matt said, is, well, this is the price to come in. Um, And look, most practices are fearful of changing this because we're going to lose all these patients, you know, or if we don't bulk bill them or we don't supply it at a price, then everyone's going to go up the road to somewhere else. You need to think about it from the perspective of if you put up your price 20%, just as an example, to use a number, and you lost 10% of your patients, you would still be 10% better off. As a business, right? I mean, we we understand that we're here to help and serve the patients in our community, right? But we also have that other challenge, which is actually running a viable practice. Because if you don't, and then the business, you know, eventually collapses, you aren't able to serve anybody. And I think there's enough media around that patients understand the challenges within primary care, obviously Medicare not keeping up, with the cost of delivering medical services. I mean, the fact that it went up 65 cents for a standard consult last year is a little bit insulting. But look, you know, we know that the federal government is aware of this. There might be changes in the future, but we know that any sort of increase in Medicare is going to put massive pressure on budget. And I don't think that's going to occur. So we really have no choice. I mean, there's there's nothing the government's going to do to suddenly fix our revenue issue. We have no other opportunity other than as a business a uh, medical business is to look at our pricing to make sure that we can actually afford to deliver the quality services that we do and the and the onflow benefit as i said to you before as well is that if you do put up your prices which you know once again patients will value the services as long as you're delivering good quality services is your doctors are going to get an increase in obviously their revenue the practice gets an increase in its service fee and generally both parties are going to be happy Yeah. So Matt, any just final words on revenue before we wind up this webinar?
1: Oh, just one other little idea with when it comes to moving to a a, from a bulk billing model to a private billing model, which we which we've used a couple of times as well ourselves, is to actually look at when you charge a fee. And you know, there are times of the week and times of the day where there's a much higher demand for patient. And then these are the windows where you charge a higher fee. So what you might do is move to a, a private billing model, but you might offer one day a week where you have a limited number of bulk billed appointments available. So those patients who you do want to look after can go into those slots. Now, that, what, what that might mean, if, you know, if you're a private billing patient and you want to be seen tomorrow, you can get in and seen. But if you're a bulk billing patient, you might need to wait a week or, or 10 days to get in and to see a doctor. So there are, it's a little technique of moving the patient progressively from that bulk-builder model to a, a private-build model.
0: Wonderful. Uh, great insights. So thanks very much for your time today, Matt. Um, and, look, I think that you know we are very sympathetic to business owners. We know it's a very challenging time at this point in time. Um, and, look, and if we can be in assistance in any way, please don't uh, hesitate to reach out through uh, the HealthCert platform. Um, and later this year, we're actually going to be releasing in collaboration with Bond University, uh, an actual course on medical business management specifically for doctors to help um, provide the skills that uh, I think medical business owners need, particularly right now, to uh, help them optimise the, the opportunity they have with their practices and to have a sustainable practice that's a great place to work for everybody included. So thank you very much for your time taking the time to listen to our podcast today. And we'll look forward to the next one, which will be focusing on how to re- Track and retain top talent. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, please subscribe so you can get updates whenever we post more. And please share it with others. And for more info, please go to helpcert.com.